You may be seated. Good morning, everyone. We're going to go ahead and dismiss the children's ministry. And I want to invite you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans. And I want us to look at uh, chapter 12. And uh, I want us to look at verse 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed or changed by renewing your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now the Phillips translation in part of this verse says, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your lives from within. Now when you get saved, it's an awesome thing. But once you are saved, it becomes our responsibility to get our minds renewed with the Word of God. It is a fact that oftentimes our minds are out of alignment. Our thinking sometimes does not align itself with the Word of God. And so you're going to be hearing that statement uh, quite a bit in the first part of this year, and that is alignment. And what is alignment? Well, alignment simply means to make adjustments, to come into agreement or arrangement into a straight line. If you go and have your wheels aligned, wheel alignment, that means that something was out of line and they adjust it so that you can go down the road and down the path straight. Well, God has a way for us to live. God has a way for us to think. And oftentimes we need to have our wheel (laughs) realigned with the Word of God. Is that right? And so that's what I want to address in the beginning of this year. And we're going to be heading several places. But let's feed for a while on our thinking and how our thinking must be aligned with the Word. So turn to Isaiah chapter 55 and let's look at verse 8 and verse 9. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. So God's got a way. That's why He says don't be conformed to this world or to this age, but be changed, be transformed by following my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, in your lap or in your hand, you have a copy of God's thoughts. You have a copy of the mind of God and the mind of Christ. And this word that we carry in our hearts and in our hands helps us to think like God. And when we think like God as a way of life, we can start acting like God. Now, our thoughts that are based on God's Word have the ability to change our lives forever. God has given us His Word to get our thinking straightened out. A wise man of God once said... When we think in line with God's Word, our believing will be right. And when we are believing right, 
then what we say with our mouths will be right. And I'll add this. So if we think right, we believe right, we speak right, we act right, and everything's going to be all right. Say that real strong with me. Everything in 2011 is going to be all right. Now turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans the 8th chapter, and we'll look at verses 5 through 8. For they that are after the flesh do what? They do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now let's just camp right there just for a moment or two. They that mind the things of the flesh, or those that have a fleshly mindset. A fleshly mindset is a carnal mindset. It is a mindset that is set and aligned according to the flesh, according to the spirit of this age. And to be fleshly minded, in verse 6, or carnally minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded, what is it? So the fleshly mindset produces death in one's life, but a spiritual mindset produces life. Now notice with me in verse 8. So then, they that are in the flesh, those that are living their lives according to a carnal mindset, they cannot please God. Now, I don't think there's one person in this auditorium that would say, I don't want to please God. I believe it is in our heart to please Him. And there is a way to please Him. One way we please Him is we walk by faith and not by sight. Without faith, the Scripture says, it's impossible to please Him. So if we're going to please God, we must trust Him and walk by faith. But also, we must adopt into our lives, another word would be, incorporate into our thinking a spiritual mindset. To think according to the word, not according to how we feel. To think according to the Bible, not according to our emotions. Now, I have discovered in my life that emotions fluctuate. How about you? But the Word of God does not. And so, your emotions then can be subjected to the Word of God rather than the Word of God being subjected to your emotions. They that are in the flesh, they cannot please God. A spiritual mindset in 2011 is a mind that is set on God's Word. A mind that is thinking and speaking and acting in line with His Word. How many of you have heard of a lady by the name of Joyce Meyer? She's this struggling woman preacher. That has a following of about two or three hundred, I don't know. But years ago, 
I got some of her teaching notes, and one of the teachings that she did was a wonderful teaching called Wilderness Mentalities or Wilderness Mindsets. Now, I want to quote some things she said, if you'll bear with me just for a moment. She said, the people of Israel wandered around in the desert for 40 years, making what should have been only an 11-day journey. Why? Was it because of their enemies, their circumstances, their trials along the way? Or was it something entirely different that prevented them from arriving at their destination? As I pondered this situation, Joyce said, God gave me a powerful revelation that helped me personally and thousands of others. The Lord revealed to me that the Israelites spent all that time in the desert because they had wilderness mentalities. We really shouldn't look at the Israelites with such astonishment because most of us, Joyce says, do the exact same thing. If you get mad about that, call her. Don't call me. She said we go around and around the same mountain instead of making progress. And it takes us years to experience victory over something that could and should have been dealt with quickly and put behind us. She said, God showed me that wilderness mentalities are wrong mindsets. So they died in the wilderness because they operated in the flesh. They couldn't please God. So let us adopt those sayings and those phrases. Fleshly mindsets, carnal mindsets, wilderness mentalities. Now, I want to look at some of those today. And let's ask ourselves the question, does that line up with the Word of God? A carnal mindset would say something like, I'll never be able to, and then you fill in the blank. But a spiritual mindset says, by God's grace, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. It looks impossible, but I serve a God with whom there are no impossibilities. Therefore, I'm going to trust in his mercy, trust in his grace, and we are going to make it to our destination. Now, which one of those is scriptural? The latter. Here is a carnal mindset, a fleshly mindset, a wilderness mentality. A carnal wilderness mentality doubts. Just is full of doubt, full of despair. Like one preacher said, he said, doubt despairs and is sad. But a spiritual mindset gives thanks rejoices and is glad. A carnal mindset complains and remains, but a spiritual mindset praises and is raised. A carnal mindset is bitter about the past, but a spiritual mindset is full of hope and looking forward to the future. 
one with the spiritual mindset has adopted the Apostle Paul when he said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth and pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. A fleshly mindset has this attitude. Well, life is all about me. But a spiritual mindset says, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that's living, but Christ living in me. One with a carnal mindset pursues money and pursues the deceitfulness of riches. But those who operate in the spirit seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he knows that everything is going to be added unto them. See, a person, if they're operating in the flesh, is going to want to give a person that does them wrong a piece of their mind. But a spiritual mindset, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Those that operate out of a fleshly mindset are afraid at what they see coming upon the earth. But those that have a spiritual mindset look up and rejoice because they know that their redemption is drawing nigh. Glory to God. Amen. And there are Christians that are as fleshly and as carnal as can be. I didn't say any names. I didn't say they're not saved. I didn't say they're not on their way to heaven. God loves them. But many times people adopt this attitude. Well, I can just live how I want to. Not according to the word of God. The Bible says you are not your own. That you are bought and paid with a price. So what do you say? We leave the flesh behind and let our goal in 2011 be, let us think the thoughts of God. Let us operate out of a spiritual mindset. Amen? Amen. What I set my mind on, what you set your mind on, will determine your life. See, we can choose to think in line with our five senses And the word of God, or we can think in line with the flesh. Now listen, however you have been trained is the way that your mind is going to swing. Whatever that you're highly developed in, that's where your mind will go. And so if your mind is swinging toward the negative side of life, you got some work to do. But the good news is the work can be done. And God will help you. To get your mind set and fixed upon the word of God. See, wherever your mind is developed and trained in is where it's going to swing to. If it swings toward the flesh, you're going to be carnal. If it swings toward the spirit, you're going to be spiritual. And you know what? The choice is yours. The renewal of your mind does not come by you coming and having us lay hands on you. We will pray with you. We love you. We will stand with you. But a choice has got to be made by you. It's your choice. It's your decision. How are you going to live? 
Ask yourself this morning, where is my mindset at? If it's 50 in the world and 50 in the word, thank God for the 50 that's in the word, but you still got some work to do. Mm -hmm. A person with a spiritual mindset, when the squeeze is on and the pressure will come, I mean, just by virtue of being a born-again Christian and living in this world, there will be tests. You will be tried on this material today. But whatever comes your way, whatever situation you're facing, ask yourself this question. What does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? If your marriage is in bad shape, And you've been treating your wife like a dog. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. There's your answer. Think on that. Act that out. And God will begin to bring your marriage back up. If it's a disease that you've been standing against for many, many years, ask yourself, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that Jesus Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, included in the curse was sickness and disease. So, if Christ redeemed us from the curse and sickness is a curse, it stands to reason that we're redeemed from sickness. Through Christ. Well, how come I still have symptoms in my body? How come I'm still sick? Well, I tell you what, that's part of the good fight of faith. Are you telling me, Pastor Mark, to throw my medication away? No, I'm telling you to trust the Lord to work through his word, to work through the laying on of hands, to work through whatever method he leads you in. But ultimately, you must make the stand that you are the redeemed and you're proclaiming so and declaring so and you are adopting a mindset of victory. Amen. Amen. What situations do you face? We all face the squeeze of financial pressure. What does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? About him meeting your need. What does the word of God say. About him. Being the glory and the lifter of your head. Have you ever been tempted to be depressed. And be down and be a little bit oppressed. Ask yourself what does the word say. The word says that the joy of the Lord. Is my strength. The word says that he's the glory. And the lifter up of my head. Therefore, I'm going to think the word. I'm going to speak the word. And I'm going to have what the word says I can have. Because I am what the word says I am. I have what the word says I have. And I can do what the word of God says I can do. Now, it's your choice. Now, everything is not going to just line up immediately. You may have to stand and stand and stand. But I'd rather stand than sit. I'd rather stand and stand and stand than be in bed with the covers over my head. I'd rather live on the happy side of life than sing a sad song every day of my life. 
I'd rather rejoice in the Lord and be strong in the power of his might than get depressed with the devils and stay in bed my whole life. I'd rather have vision and believe God for big things and reach a quarter of them than have no vision and fail in life. What does the word say? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Get rid of your fleshly thinking. Get rid of, well, you know, mama said this, and after all, papa was a rolling stone. Papa may have been a rolling stone, but you don't have to be. Because you got a new papa. And you are now on the rock that don't roll. Your papa ain't no rolling stone. He is the rock of ages. Oh, hallelujah. Get rid of that wilderness mentality. That is just an excuse. Well, I came from a poor family. Well, welcome to a rich one. According to the B-I-B-L-E, we are all rich. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I don't have a dime in my pocket. I didn't say whether you have a dime or not. According to the word of God, you're fully supplied. He's brought you into a wealthy place. And in him, you are rich. Get rid of that. Get rid of that. Well, Pastor Mark, you know, I stayed sober and clean for five years. But I went out and I blew it. And I lost it for about 10 days. All right, you missed it. Get up and get back. And get on with your life. Don't use that as an excuse to get worse. Don't use that as an excuse to drink more, to use more, to smoke more, to shoot more. Say, yeah, I blew it. Yeah, I missed it. But today is a new day. It's a new season. And I'm rising up in the name of Jesus. See, you learned a lot in that five-year period of time. Go back and apply those principles to your life and let go of the past and let go of the things that caused you to get back into that place where you were. In AA, they used to say you got to get rid of stinking thinking. Well, I'm telling you, the devil stinks. And he will lie to you and he will put thoughts of fear in you. This world system stinks. Get rid of stinking thinking and think the thoughts of God. Because one thought from heaven will change your life forever. One thought from the Spirit of God will turn your life around. I am adopting this year. A greater consciousness of Him. I am entering in, and you are with me, aren't you? Into a greater mindset of God's Word. I, by the grace of God, and you by the grace of God, are asking God to set a watch over our thought life. To set a watch over our words. And you will discover, and I will discover, that your life will never be the same. Because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. And good things are going to come to you. Somebody say, Amen and Amen. Woo! 
So then, find out what the Word says and get your thinking and your speaking in line with the Word and make it your final authority. So the difference then between walking in the Spirit and walking in the flesh is our point of view. Having God's point of view equals walking in the Spirit. Having man's point of view equals walking in the flesh. Look with me at Colossians chapter 3. And I want to pull that up in the Amplified Version, if you would please. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2 in the Amplified. And I'd enjoy it if you'd read it with me. Ready, read. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing in his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, verse 2, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. I like what it says there. Set your minds and then keep them set. Right? So now there's two sources of thoughts. Okay? One source would be from God and His Word. The other source would be from the enemy, from Satan himself. And so the enemy's goal then is to get us to think outside of line with God's Word. Why? Because he wants access into your life. He wants access into your life. But I say by the power of the Holy Ghost, don't give him any place. Give him no foothold in your thinking. The Apostle Paul said to the church at Ephesus, neither give place to the devil. Now listen, an empty mind or one that has not been renewed with the word of God will give place to the enemy. Amen. Our thoughts then determine our destiny. Now, I want to talk to you a little while, and I'm going to go forward in some of the things that I was going to say and be, maybe pick them up at a later time. Amen. But, you know, it's, it's one thing for me to talk about renewing the mind and, and how we need to do it and how we're going to do it and yippee, yay, rah, rah, good for us. But the question is, how do we do it? So I want to give you some simple how-tos today. Now, these that I'm going to give you are not the keys to renewing your mind. They're just some keys. Because you can sit there and think of some keys that God will show you. But these are a few keys that I got as I was thinking about it this morning. So how then do I renew my mind? How then do I adopt a spiritual mindset? Turn with me to James chapter 1. And let's look over at verse 21. James chapter 1. And let's look at verse 21. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. The enemy knows the areas of life that he has penetrated into you in times past. 
He knows how to bum you out. Be aware of his lies. Be aware and be not ignorant, it says, of his devices. And then guard that. Protect your spirit diligently. For out of your heart will flow the issues or the forces of life. Guard your mind. Protect your soul. Don't allow your mind or your soul just to think randomly. Develop a sound, disciplined mind. One of the things that Paul said to Timothy, who was his son in the faith, he said, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and of a sound mind. And in the Amplified, he says, I've given you a sound, disciplined mind. Understand this, that you do not have to let your thoughts just flow. Amen. If you just let your thoughts just flow, you will find that the enemy will be knocking on your door. Be very selective on what you allow yourself to be entertained with. Be very selective about what you hear musically. What you watch on TV. What you allow your soul to feast on at the moment later can absolutely defeat you. I just sense that real strong in my heart today. The Lord is saying very definitely, guard your heart. Guard the entrances of your mind. Be diligent about it. Now here's how to renew your mind. In James chapter 1 verse 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. The Amplified says, get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And then it says, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Now, the first thing I want to say is, does your soul need saving? If you look at your soul as your mind, your will, and your emotions, you better believe your soul needs some saving. Another way of saying the word saving is restoring. This word enlightens the eyes. This word restores the soul. And he said, now here. Receive with meekness. What does the word meekness mean? The word meekness means have a teachable attitude when you receive the word. The Amplified says, receive this word with a humble and with a modest and with a gentle spirit. Receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your heart contains power to save your soul. Whoo, glory. So a major key to renewing your mind is be receptive. Receive the word and notice the term with meekness. The word meekness also carries with it this thought, being teachable. 
Sometimes we need to unlearn some things before we can receive some things. Our religious tradition gets in the way, if you will, of receiving with meekness the engrafted word. Have a humble, modest attitude of, you know what? I don't know it all. Thank God for what I do know. And some things that I have learned and some things that I have known don't line up with the word. So I'm not going to hold on to the traditions of man just because grandma taught it and I bought it. Or just because I went to a certain church that taught these certain things in certain ways, I'm not going to hold on to that. I'm going to lay those things aside and I'm going to be meek and humble and I'm going to open my heart to the word of the living God. Have a teachable attitude. Have a humble spirit. Be modest. Be ready. Be open to receive the word of God. Amen? Amen. I'm going to switch microphones right now, if that's okay. We'll just turn this one off. Hello. Hello, Dolly. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. It'll save your soul. Number two, be a student of God's word. Be a student of God's word. Look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Study God's word. Don't believe it just because Pastor Mark taught it. Don't believe it just because your favorite evangelist preached it. Don't believe it just because you got a book from a bookstore with a fish on the back. You never know, that fish might just have some bones. How does this line up with the Word of God? What's the context of what is being said? Don't be gullible. Be a student of the Word. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it says this, Study to show yourself approved unto your church. No, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Now notice this. Rightly dividing the what? Is the word truth? Now if a word can be rightly divided, it can be wrongly divided. So we must then be very, very studious about what the entirety of God's word is saying. If we're just taking a scripture and just pulling it way out of context to fit into our way of life, we're going to miss it. Now, for example, the Bible says a lot about grace. The scripture says His grace is sufficient. The scripture says we're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. There's saving grace. There's sharing grace. There's standing grace. There's grace upon grace. But grace doesn't give us a license to live how we want to live. Grace doesn't give us a license to go to the clubs Saturday night and do the funky chicken or whatever they do on Saturday night and drink and get drunk and come to church. 
the next day and say, don't preach me under condemnation. I'm free. No, you're not. You're in bondage. A friend of mine over in uh, uh, Varney's are from Topeka, from Topeka, Kansas. Pastor Brenda's done a women's conference there, and Greg's a good friend of ours, and Debbie's a good friend of ours. But I was talking to Tony Cook the other day, and, and Tony was telling me that a guy came up to Greg, a couple came up to Greg and said, you know what, we're looking for a liberal word of faith church. And Greg was just absolutely puzzled. Well, what's a liberal word of faith church? He asked him that question. And they said, well, you know, you can go out Saturday night. You can go to the club. You can get drunk. And then you can come to church Sunday morning and not feel guilty about it. Whom the Son has set free. I don't want that kind of freedom. I want checks and balances in my life. Oh, Pastor Mark, you're just putting us under bondage. Now that's legalism. No, you put yourself in bondage. So thank God for the message of grace, but there's a balance. You got to balance grace out with holy living. See, the word of God teaches us to deny all ungodliness and a manner of life that's not in concert with the word of God. So saints, be students of the word. Just don't swallow everything hook, line, and sinker. I don't care who said it, whether I said it, Pastor Brenda said it, heaven forbid Pastor Tom saying it. Does this line up with the word? Is what I'm hearing today truth? Now, one way that you'll be able to identify truth from real legalism, and that is this. The truth will always set you free. Now, sometimes the truth hurts. Come on, I can't get anybody in the house with me. I said sometimes the truth hurts. But if you will receive correction with meekness and make the adjustment, eventually it'll set your feet to dancing and you will be free. Everyone say, I'm a student. I'm studying to show myself approved unto him. Now, a third way, and these aren't the only ways, a third way of renewing your mind is simply understanding that it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. I am still in the process of getting my mind renewed. I will be on a lifelong journey of mind renewal. Why? Because the word of God is so big and there's so much. I am sure that in every area of my life, I'm not thinking like God does. But I want to know, and I'm on a quest to get into a mindset of God's word. How does that happen? It doesn't happen just by dropping by on Sunday morning. It doesn't happen just by being a casual Christian. But it is a continual process. It's called discipleship. It's being a disciplined follower of Jesus Christ. It is what the word of God says, abiding in the word. The word abide means to live in the word and let the word live in you. 
Jesus said, if you abide in me and my word takes residence up in you. Oh, come on, saints. Paul addressing the church at Colossae said, let the word of Christ dwell in you now and then. No, let it dwell in you richly. Abide in the word. Here's another key. These are real important. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. And let's look at verse 8. I don't have all the answers, but I've got some of them. Look at Joshua 1.8. And notice these truths with me. Joshua 1.8 says this. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein, how long? So the word of God shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now let's break down this word meditate. The word meditate is not going to a class of transcendental meditation and fixing our thoughts along around the word OM. TM. No. The word meditate simply means to think. Doesn't it? It means to ponder. So when you're reading God's word, ask yourself, how does this word from heaven apply to me here on earth? And how can this word change my situation? Meditate in the word day and night. Think the word. Ponder the word. And another definition for meditate is found out of an old German translation of Joshua 1.8. And where it says meditate, Rotterham's translation says, but you will talk to yourself day and night. So as you're pondering and thinking and abiding in the word, begin then to talk to yourself. Tell yourself, hey, this is a new season. I'm a new creation in Christ. Talk to yourself the thoughts that God is revealing to you. Speak the word of the living God. Meditation on the word of God is not just dwelling on it in your mind, but it is also verbalizing it. Yes, speak what God has spoken to you. Speak what you have been thinking about. Speak, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Speak the word of God. Meditate in the word. Now notice what happens. Here's the next key then to renewing your mind. You're thinking the word, you're meditating the word, you're speaking the word, and then all of a sudden, the lights go on. What does that scripture say? As you meditate in the word, here's the next key. You will be able to observe to do it. That you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written therein. Saints, can I hear a witness from the Amen Alley today? You've been in the Word. The Word's been in you. And all of a sudden, the lights went on. 
The entrance of his word brings light. And all of a sudden, the blinders are off. And then you can actually see yourself doing what this word says you're to do. Woo, glory. If you can see it, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. So now notice this. Let's track this down. Observe to do God's word. So here's a major key to renewing your mind. Be a doer. Be a doer. Be a doer. See it and do it. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not what? Be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Now say this strong. I am a doer. I am a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Now notice with me what happens when you do this. Here's what happens. He says, once you observe to do according to all that is written therein, then, then you, not the government, not welfare, not your employer, but you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. Do you want to succeed in life? Do you want to prosper in life? Think the thoughts of God. Meditate the thoughts of God. Speak the thoughts of God. Do the thoughts of God. Then, who glory to God, whatever you put your hand to will prosper. Do you see that? That you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make your way prosperous. And then... You shall have success. One translation says you'll be able to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. Oh, glory. So listen to this. True success and prosperity and dealing wisely in 2011 begins by renewing your mind and having a prosperous soul that is aligned with the Spirit of God, and the Word of God. Now, in closing, let's look at 3 John 2. 3 John 2. And we're going to pray in a minute. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to make a conscientious decision to change. If there's some, been some things that have been out of line, we're going to call them back in line. We're going to capture those thoughts. And we're going to bring into captivity... Every thought to the obedience of Christ, the anointed one. Now look at Third John 2. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him just a minute for the word we've heard. Father, we thank you for the word of the living God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Woo, Hallelujah. 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 Folks, when you get it the word's way, you won't have to get it the world's way.
And you'll be able to say the world didn't give it to me. And the world, bless God, cannot take it away. Hallelujah. Stop thinking that the world owes you something. The world doesn't owe you a thing. The government doesn't owe you nothing. But we owe it to ourselves to act on the word that we've heard today. And when we do, I'm telling you what, they will not be able to beat out of you what you have on the inside of you. Third John 2. Ready? Read, please. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Say that last phrase three times. Even as thy soul prospers. Again, even as thy soul prospers. One more time. Even as thy soul prospers. Amen. Oh, Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we lift our voice up. We lift our hearts up to you. We lift our hands and our voice and our entire being unto you this day. We thank you, Father, that you have given us the pathway of success, the pathway to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. Father, we put on the mind of Christ today. Glory to God. We let go of carnal mindsets. We let go of wilderness mentalities. And we declare that we are entering into a new season. We are entering into the land. And we are going to possess everything you have for us. Thank you, Father, for a spiritual mind. The mind of Christ. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, let's give the Lord a shout. He is good all the time. He's 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 good all the time. Not some of the time, but he's good all the time. And he's always on time. Amen. Good things are coming your way. Glory to God. It's a new season. It's a new day. Amen. Now I'm going to pray. And I'm going to believe God. You know what? We believe in miracles in this place. We believe that when the doctors throw up their hands and the best say there's no way, we know that Jesus Christ is the way. If you've been in a situation like that today, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to touch your life and to do for you what medication can't do, to do for you what the best cannot do. I'm telling you, there's a doctor in the house today. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord that healeth us. He's still making house calls. He's in the house today, and he will do for us great and glorious things. And you know what? I believe that. So we're going to pray in just a few minutes. We're going to pray for some miracles, for healings. And you know what? Pastor Mark doesn't need to lay hands on you. We've got the power of God just flowing in this place. There's other believers that will pray for you and believe God with you. But I'm going to pray. We're, I believe in prayer, don't you? I believe that God still hears and answers our prayers. The effectual fervent prayer of right men and right women makes tremendous power available. And the Bible says it's dynamic and it's working. You talk about dynamite in the realm of the spirit. Prayer is a force, glory to God, that the devil backs away from. And so we're going to pray today. I'm going to pray for people today. And I'm going to ask you all to raise your hand.